1: Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It is great to have each and every one of you along for the ride today. And before we get started, I just wanted to thank all of our listeners. We've already gone past 100 episodes. I know we didn't have a 100th episode party or celebration. But very quietly, I realized we've done so many episodes in the first two years that we've already gone past 100. So here's to the next 100. And this one is going to be a very special episode. I first met this amazing young lady when she walked into a classroom of mine at Kinky College. I couldn't take my eyes off her because her presence was so powerful. But what I came to find out is that her story is just as powerful. A goth based in the Chicago suburbs, Lucy Cyrene is young and fresh to the pro-dom scene. And between making metal music, covering herself head to toe in PVC, and watching cult classic movie musicals, she loves domination as a means of allowing her subs of all kinds to accept and fall in love with the part of their psyche that craves the taboo. Lucy Cyrene on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five.
1: First time you ever had an inkling that you were kinky. That
2: is an interesting question because when I first give you my answer, you'll be kind of like, Because it was when I was three. Don't worry, nothing traumatic. I was watching the movie Aladdin. and I there was the scene where um, where Jasmine was stuck in the hourglass and she was like all chained up and stuff, and like the sand was coming in. And for some reason, I well, I know the reason now, but I loved that scene, and I'd watched the movie just for that scene as like a really young child. But, uh, I viewed myself as a very dominant person in that regard, given the very limited, um, perception of sex that I had at that age.
1: First time you ever were involved in a kinky scene, even as a teen. That
2: is where it gets a little less fun. Cause my introduction to kink was through a series of very traumatic incidents. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I met somebody and they introduced me to the world of kink in all the worst ways. It was very unethical. Most of it wasn't very consensual. A lot of it was just icky. And so my first scene that I can remember, even if I could call it a scene, is I think it was just being choked out at 14.
1: Mm. Wow. First time you ever had a good scene (laughs) made you go yeah I'd like to do this a little more
3: yeah because
2: again my introduction to kink wasn't spectacular very unethical not really well done um but when I had that first experience I remember that first experience uh it was with my current partner and um I we were in his car and I'd never come before um I thought and so here is a testament to how illegitimate a lot of sex education can be. I thought an orgasm was when it didn't hurt. That's kind of messed up. So I walk into this situation and I'm like, oh, wow, you're, you're cute. Want to try something? He was like, sure. So we tried something. I came nine times and I was like, oh, my God, wait. So not even just BDSM, but the concept of sex altogether I came to realize was a beautiful thing.
1: First time you ever performed music in public.
2: Ooh, first time I ever performed music in public was probably like piano lessons when I was seven, like a, a recital of playing insert Disney song here that you probably aren't allowed to put on the show, um, but um, that might be it.
1: First time you ever donned your dom outfit and your reactions looking at yourself in the mirror.
2: I have always been kind of a PVC freak. So I wear, I wear shiny, very fetishy clothing just on a daily basis, but very recently, not very recently, but like subjectively recently I got Uh, two beautiful PVC gowns from an amazing, uh, I'm just going to plug them real quick, (laughs) misfits with a Z, they're the best, oh my god, Um, and I got two beautiful gowns from them, I tried it on, I looked in the mirror, and I felt so powerful, and so beautiful, and just so like myself, that I, I felt like I was a six-year-old receiving their very first insert disney character here princess costume and i just i almost looked at myself as truly myself for the first time
1: and when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want we will start the journey with mistress lucy when we return (laughs) Hi folks, Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and paperback today to start your female-led journey, and good luck.
3: Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more
0: at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
1: Welcome back to the show, joined by Chicago based dominatrix Lucy Cyrene, who is getting her start in the dominatrix world at the ripe old age of 20. When did you decide <laughs> that this was your path? That's honestly. A very good
2: question. Like, this is something that I've known I've wanted to do for a long time. Because uh, again, when I was very young, I was a very dominant person. Then due to some traumatic experiences, I became very submissive, which I still am in some ways, but it was very unhealthy. I've now come back to reclaiming my dominance. And from there is when that want to become a dominatrix has, had come back. And from there, it's kind of a blur as to when I really made that decision, to be honest. But I'm so happy. I've at the very least not dipped my toe. I feel like I've more than dipped my toes into it at this point, but I'm glad I've begun this venture because it very much so feels right for who I am.
1: You and I first met at Kinky College Yes. and you came in and took what it was actually my very first ever class that I taught in person, one on authenticity. And when you entered the room, every head turned right towards you. You had an energy when you entered that room because of the presence that you had and the fact that you were dressed in something that gave you not only character, but gave you power. When you walked into that room, would you have expected that reaction?
2: I will be honest, and I don't mean this in an ego serving kind of way. Yes, because I do like when I'm going to the grocery store, I get the stink eye from like older generations very often. So I'm very used to people just like, so I. I kind of have my guard up sometimes when it comes to walking into places, but I was pleasantly surprised when the energy was positive. It was a very positive energy. And so that's where I was very much so surprised.
1: Kinky College is a great place to be able to just be yourself. And in talking to you there, you were literally a sponge for knowledge. You wanted to learn as much as you possibly can. What was your plan going in? So I being... I, as you said, at the ripe old age
2: of 20, I am still living with my family. Uh, my family does not exactly know about my line of work just yet. Um, but my father is a rather paranoid person, so he expected that I would walk in there and immediately be, like, trafficked for porn, and he was preparing me for that, and I was like, oh, that's not how that is, but I couldn't disprove it since I'd never been there before but I'd created, like, kind of an idea, because I've never been to a a BDSM event before. That was my first BDSM event, too, Um, because due to my living situation, I just don't have the opportunity to be in my local real-life scene that much, but when I was able to make the, like, the kind of first impression that I'm expecting in my head, it was pretty close, if not not as good as it actually was. I walked into Kinky College and I would have to say, and I don't take this this kind of sentence very lightly, that was the best weekend of my life. It really was. Because as you said, sorry, I'm going on a tangent now. I, mean, um, I love I'm a total sponge for knowledge. I'm currently um, getting my certification for um, sex consulting and coaching at the moment. I plan on getting my certification for sex education um, that I will be also applying to my dom work. Um, And I just, I want to learn as much as I can. I want to be a beacon for knowledge. I really do. And Kinky college was an amazing place for that.
1: Let's talk about sex education a bit because from my days, it wasn't very good. As a matter of fact, I had no idea that I was having an orgasm the first seven times I did. It was just something that happened. And I happened to be watching Bat Girl and Catwoman and <laughs> thus my fetish. Yeah. What was sex education like for you? And how did you come to the determination that you had to learn your own things on top of that.
2: I think the best summary of what modern sex education is like is my teacher was making penis jokes to the class, but when she was teaching about the uterus, she asked everybody if it's okay if she says vagina,
1: Hmm.
2: which don't even get me started on that, you know? Um, it's, they teach you a lot about like male anatomy, wearing a condom, that kind of STDs. They of course don't teach you about any form of alternative sexuality, like BDSM or anything like that, but they're pretty bare when it comes to like, um, ovaries and uteruses and that kind of stuff. I wish. Sorry, I'm thinking in a perfect world, I wish there was a way for comprehensive BDSM um, education to be accessible to teenagers because literally all of the trauma in my life was due to a lack of education. It wasn't because of malice. It wasn't because of this, that, or the other thing. It was exclusively because those people did not have the education needed to understand what they were doing. So I I want to use my position as I hopefully grow in this field to educate people and make them feel comfortable within themselves and make them feel comfortable with others and so on and so forth.
1: I'll follow it up by asking this because you talked about BDSM education. How much, especially with all the headlines that are going on right now, how much is the gender talk allowed in sex education in high school or the sex education that you had? Because when I was growing up, male, female, that's it. And now it's this amazing rainbow. So Mm -hmm. not at
2: all, you said? There's nothing. And if a teacher even dares to talk about the grammatical plausibility of like they them pronouns you're going to get snickers from the class and if somebody dares to talk about other gender identities that aren't the binary you will get snickers from the class and devil's advocate hands raised and it'll I've noticed that with teachers a lot of them are almost scared away from talking about it because of students who don't understand it and decide to hate things that they do not understand.
1: When we talked before the show, I asked you the proper pronouns that you wanted to have used and you identify on your FET profile as gender queer. Yes. Your reasonings behind
0: those.
2: I have always had a gender identity that I could only describe as And whoever's listening right now might have to do a quick Google search. But Suture Priest, that card from Magic the Gathering is my gender identity. (laughs) I want to be this, in my brain, I have a synesthetic connection to just monstrous but feminine agendered creatures. And I cannot achieve that with my current form, obviously. (laughs) So I have a xenogender experience. And because of that, I don't really fit myself in the non-binary zone. I don't exactly fit myself in the binary either. So I just call myself genderqueer because my gender identity is weird as hell, (laughs) at least to me. I know that it's not, well, who knows? But yeah, I still have a lot of internalized transphobia unfortunately so I'm not exactly out to uh like my family per se I'm okay with it being in this podcast by the way um but I am not like public in just daily life enforcing pronouns or things like that just because I, I again have a lot of internalized transphobia which is unfortunate and it's something I'm trying to unlearn
1: hmm it's a journey for all of us. Uh, yeah. And so I admire the fact that you're so truthful about it. And I admire the fact that every day is an education for you. That's amazing. Yes. And it should be for all of us. Your look, the PVC look, where did it start?
2: That is another really good question. I have no goddamn idea I have no idea (laughs) where that started because I will tell you the transformation that I have had over COVID into becoming myself has been both absolutely beautiful and completely out of left field because when like quarantine and all that stuff started I was in a really rough dark place and I was wearing pajamas every day and slippers to this to school to everywhere everywhere And I was one day after um, a mental health drop was just like, I feel like a lot of my depression comes from my perception of self. So I decided to start incorporating little gothic factors into my, my clothing because it's something I'd always appreciated. And then my neurodivergent brain totally nosedived into the world of gothic fashion I was trying to find my way through different subcultures and different like mindsets trying to find my place in the vast world of gothic subculture and I just found a lot of comfort since my I very much so identified with the BDSM scene albeit not in the best way at the time but I found a lot of comfort there. So I thought, oh my God, fetish goth is super cool. I might dip my toes into that. And with fetish goth comes a lot of shiny stuff and a lot of belts and zippers. And, and it's where I became most comfortable. So I don't know exactly like the day I put it on and I was like, oh my God. But I know the progress, the process of getting there.
1: One of the things that I noticed at Kinky College is when you have it on, it is like you're wearing armor. It is such a stunning look and powerful look that even at your five foot two size, you come off bigger than life. Mm -hmm. Because as opposed to what a lot of folks might think of PVC in being skin tight material, sometimes you have this flowing, gorgeous, lovely, but badass look as you walk through a room. Talk to me about the process of putting that outfit on and preparing to put yourself out into the public. And what your emotions are going through that.
2: I treat how I present myself like how I would design a character. I have been a hobbyist illustrator for years for my music. I illustrate all my album covers. And I um, also make a lot of D&D characters, which will be important later. Um, as we talk, because there was a certain DD character that was very influential to me in my DOM work, weirdly enough. I would design DD characters, I would design just original characters. So I learned the basics of how to make an effective character design from an artistic standpoint. And I have migrated that information and that knowledge to how I dress myself. So different shapes, the weights of different like pieces i it's every day is a piece of art that reflects how i feel about myself in a positive way if i feel very feminine and badass i'll wear something really feminine and badass that i've created into almost this piece of art from garments that i own if i want to look mopey and just kind of like almost romantic goth i will i'll do so and i'll do it to the best of my ability so it be It's very much so the ultimate expression of self because I'm able to channel my artistic knowledge and mix it with my perception of self, creating what I see to be almost the truest form of self-expression for myself,
1: besides my music. When I talk to uh, dominatrices across the world, I often ask the same question of, how much of the Dom persona goes into their real life and how much of their real life goes into their Dom persona? Have you been able to identify that yet?
2: I think so, at least in little ways. Since I started doing my Dom work, I have reclaimed a lot of aspects of my life that once were, I wasn't very confident about. And being able to... Do those things has been very helpful to me in my mental health because I I don't put on a character for my dom work. I very much so am still myself, but there is a level of confidence since it's prescribed scene. Well, not prescribed. You know what I mean. It's scenes and it's things that have boundaries and restrictions where I I know what's the basis of what's happening. So I sometimes will be like, oh God, what would I do in a scene, you know, like it it's kind of helped me organize my thoughts and gain the confidence that I have when I am doing my work. And when it comes to my work, as I said, I'm not just this totally different person playing a a character. There is a little bit of, of course, like there's a bit of character in there. uh, because if I say, oh golly, during a scene, that
1: might not be the best. Are there certain elements? that are your go-tos that you make sure you put into your brain and into your soul going into your dominatrix work? Is there something like darkness? Is there something like a certain tune that goes through your head because you're a musician? Is there something that sparks the story and the feeling for you? So there are a couple
2: of things. I am, uh, I'm pagan, so I do a lot of herbalism. And, uh, with that, I have certain herb blends that are very much so symbolic of just kind of feminine power and confidence. And I have an oil blend of that, uh, for aromatherapy. And I usually put that on before sessions, just as almost like a personal, like you got this. I, um, will always, before scenes, I I don't just jump into scenes, I know that that's not really, like, you always talk to your subs, Uh, always, Uh, but I like to have, like, just, like, a nice conversation with them every single time, and with every new, every new sub, I like to um, talk to them about, cause I give them like contracts of like, Hey, what are your limits? Do you have any health issues? That kind of stuff. Uh, just like that, that basic information, but I like to talk to them about it just in case they accidentally left anything out. And with that, I, um, I make like a separate note sheet. So I have the information in a more palatable way for me, just having it compartmentalized and having little rituals like that. And also this one's kind of embarrassing because it's very cliche, but I love the band Jenna Torturers. It's led by a dominatrix and I listen to it very often before sessions, just because I, I pick up on her energy and it kind of gives me that like,
1: yeah, you know, music can make such a difference not only in the way you feel going into a scene, but to set up the perfect scene. If you were to have a soundtrack to your favorite scene, what kind of songs would be in it?
2: Hmm. I'm trying to think of that because whenever I think about my perfect scene, I usually think about it in silence. So it could be a raw connection between me and the person that I'm interacting with. So I could feel their energy with nothing interfering with it. Because my perfect scene would be one of like pain play, blood play, that kind of stuff. Of course, everybody's consenting and everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just had to add that. But I, I feel like the intimacy of that scene, I'd want to completely bask in rather than having any distractions.
1: When you walked in, because Friday night you at Kinky College, you weren't able to stay for the dungeon session, Mm -hmm. but on Saturday you walked into the dungeon when they were doing tapas which is a wonderful thing that Kinky College does where you can try different things. When you walked in there in all your PVC glory, what were you thinking?
3: I was
2: thinking, what do I do first? <laughs> There's a lot to do. And I I looked at the knife section and I was like, oh, I can't wait for that one. Uh, but the line was already forming. So I was really just kind of like, let's do this. Let's, let's go. Let's try different stuff. And the PVC ball gown that I was wearing that day was off about 15 minutes in, uh, if, if that. Uh, so, yeah, but, which was kind of hard to take off because all the belts are in the back. But,
1: yeah. And you are somebody that likes to experience what, as a dominatrix, you will put out.
2: Yes. I, I am a switch at heart. I love everything about the power exchange of BDSM. So I, I just, I love experiencing it
1: on both ends. When we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we are going to talk about the actual dominatrix side of Lucy Sireen. And we're going to also have a special guest join us when we return.
2: Hello, all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexual Alchemy, and I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little sliver of the world, talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out. And I hope you become part of my little community that I love so much.
1: Join Anya for Sexual Alchemy and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexual Alchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts.
3: This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com.
0: Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want.
1: Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Joined from Chicago by Mistress Lucy Cyrene. You said to me when we were at Kinky College together, when I said, kind of, who do you look up to? when it comes to people who are a dominatrix. And one name came to mind for you. So I had a chance last night to talk to her and ask her about it. Petra Hunter joins us from Dallas, Texas. And Petra, Lucy is just starting her journey. What was it like when you first started yours?
3: So much has happened since I started mine. Uh, My journey started um, over 11 years ago at this point. And when I started, I didn't really have any idea as to where I was going or what I really wanted to do. I was learning a lot about myself. I still learn a lot about myself to this day. I think life would be really boring if I wasn't constantly learning. I think really what stuck out to me, or at least you know, 11 years later, really what sticks out to me now rather is that It's hard and it's not easy and you have to have a kind of tenacity to your approach to make it. You grow up fast in a lot of ways because uh, this is the kind of thing where no one will help you and you have to learn through your own mistakes. Unfortunately, just because of like the nature of sex work sometimes the mistakes that we make in our field carry just a little bit more weight to them than they would in other careers i knew pretty early on that no one would help me and that if i wanted to do this i had to do it all on my own and i was constantly learning and constantly like changing and reinventing myself i think that's something that you have to embrace to in order to succeed no matter how established you are
1: in order to start to possess skills, do you have to be powered by the passion first?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't make it very far if you don't have a genuine passion for things. And maybe there are some people who are, who are good actors out there, but if the passion isn't there, it's going to be really hard to keep going whenever things get rough because they will get rough a lot. And if there's no passion there, you really have no motivation to keep going.
1: If you were to give yourself advice 11 years ago, knowing what you know now, what would be the most important piece of advice you would have given yourself starting?
3: Not everyone who wants to be your friend actually wants to be your friend.
1: That's really important.
3: It's It seems really like depressing to say that out loud. Um, but uh, yeah, like not everybody who wants to be your friend actually wants to be your friend. I think that's a that's a really big one. I was just talking about this with someone the other day, and i'm I'm trying to figure out the like best way to phrase it, no matter how important you may be to a submissive that you have a um, professional relationship with. At the end of the day, for a lot of them, not for everyone, but for a lot of them, life will get in the way and you will get hurt as a result. And it sucks, but it happens. It's probably something that, you know, you would just learn with experience and don't really necessarily need a warning about.
1: Petra, do you have anything you'd like to say to Lucy
3: as she starts this journey? Embrace change. Like... Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Rebrand, explore. I mean, I've changed so much since I first started and it's great. Like, I can't imagine how weird and like boring it would be if I still, like if I was always this version of myself. I've gone through so many different phases. Yeah. Don't be, don't be afraid to change.
1: Some words from Petra Hunter from Dallas, Texas. That was a bit of a surprise for you, Lucy. Tell me what you were thinking.
2: I, wow. Um, I would like that audio file, if that's okay. I would just like it so I can really sink those words into myself and just process them, if that's okay because as you said, I'm a total sponge for information. So I'll, I'll take everything I can get, especially when it's personalized.
1: Thank you so much for
2: that, by the way.
1: Petra was very, very happy to be able to provide that actually very, almost giddy in the point where she was happy that she could help someone along the way. And yes, you will absolutely be getting that audio file, as it will also be part of this podcast. So as you are starting your journey, what's the most important thing you've learned so far that's a big question I need to
2: think of because I've learned a lot so far but what's the thing you know I think there's a lot to what Petra was saying that you really have to kind of be on your own for this and not in a I don't see that as an inherently bad thing as As a person who had a lot of experiences that kind of hindered my ability to be dominant throughout my teenage years, I am using this almost as a means of rebuilding the confidence and the dominant personality that I had. So being driven, building my brand, building who I am as a sex worker, building building myself, being able to take that entirely into my own hands is an incredibly freeing feeling, honestly. So I would have to say the biggest thing that I've been learning on my way is just how, how to assert myself in this field and how to try my best to make myself known, not in a An attention grabby, I want, well, everybody wants success, but not in a just for success way in a, I want to reach people. I know I'm at the very beginning of my journey, but I want to do everything I can to reach people because one of the biggest reasons why I do, why I do what I do is because as time passes and I'm able to do more than online sessions, I want to help people who are maybe dipping their toes into the world of BDSM or people who are just in different positions where they might feel ashamed of themselves. I want to help them fall in love with that part of themselves in a safe environment. I want to be as much of an educator as I am a sex worker.
1: You know? Do you think that your style will be more cerebral or will it be more physical?
2: Uh, for my domination. Mm -hmm. I currently do more physical domination. Um, More of the mental stuff is stuff that I want to expand upon, learn more about, because I I still struggle with my words sometimes. I have some cognitive dysfunction, so sometimes it can be kind of hard to find what I really need to say. And because of that, doing mental domination is a little bit hard without practice. So I've been practicing it. I've been getting, I've just been doing what I can to get better at it. So for now, a lot of my domination is more physical. Well, as physical as it can be online at the moment.
1: I understand. Are there mentors that have helped you so far? And if you haven't gotten that far, what is the kind of mentor you look for as far as their style? I know you look up to Petra Petra Hunter. I'm sure there's a few more that you look up to. What is going to be your approach in that?
2: I actually have been mentored before, only for one session. Um, But I plan on doing more sessions with them. Um, Their name is Mona Wolf they i think are also in texas they are fantastic they're just a really they're just a really good person very helpful a lot of wonderful information they've given me and i i just i appreciate them very much
1: you are hitting the dominatrix world at a very interesting time and this program has somewhat seen that happen firsthand After I went to Kinky College, I actually went up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I met Lilith Corruptula, Mm -hmm. who is Jean Bardot's protege, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and Jean sees Lilith as the person that can carry on that dungeon into the future. Yeah. Amanda Wildfire has Queen P, and... They think that Queen P can take the tradition of Castle Diabolica and move it to its next step. Chicago has some Doms that have been around for a long time, and they may be getting ready to move on to their next step. Do you think this is a really exciting time to be where you are right now? Yeah,
2: I actually haven't thought of it that way. It is. And I, I, all I can say is that if I don't find opportunities that will bring me to those types of points, I'm totally content with it. I'm going to do everything in my power to assert myself um, and to make connections with just a lot of really amazing people, which I know sounds kind of cliche, but I mean that.
1: When we were at Kinky College, you were talking about how you wanted to play more on the dom side. Have you had an opportunity to do that?
2: Um, I have. I've been doing different things. I've been learning different things, and it's been really wonderful. I've been working with some subs, of course, and they understand that I am starting out Um and I've been, I think, doing a good job. So I, yeah, so I've been, I've been doing uh, words. I've been doing a little more on the dominant side of things when it comes to my personal life, and of course, my dom life.
1: When you take a look at the steps that you want to take, what is the next step in your journey?
2: I need to start, I need to get myself a good setup and start making consistent content. I wanna start building something of, not a fan base. I don't wanna sound like a, you know what I mean? Like I wanna build an audience and I want to build an online presence. So I want to start doing that.
1: Are you having an opportunity yet? Because I don't know what the rules of Chicago Dungeons are, but are you having the opportunity to network in person and get to know some folks in the scene there?
2: Unfortunately, I haven't actually been able to go to Dungeons because, again, I'm in kind of a difficult family situation mm-hmm. and I do not drive. So I, uh, I do struggle when it comes to like my real life scene. Um, I hopefully within the next coming months, I'm going to be moving out and I'll be able to actually explore that outlet. But for now, I'm unable to.
1: Tell me what you dream of. If you were able to dream what you want to become, take me through that picture. What does it look like? I want
2: to be an, I want to have my shit together, (laughs) I do, and I know that nobody really has their shit together, but some people can feel like they have their shit together, and I want to feel like I have my shit together. I am in a very confusing time in my life. I'm in the ultimate, like, limbo period between being a student and being an adult, so I am in this huge transitional period. And a lot of stuff is really confusing when it comes to myself and my life. And hopefully I can continue to, uh, to pursue this and, again, get my shit together. <laughs> That's really all I could ask for right now. I want to
1: get my shit together. So let's move forward 10 years. What is Mistress Lucy doing? Um,
2: I could only hope still DOM work. I, I want, I want to keep on this and I plan to keep on this. And I, I can't say exactly who I'm going to be in 10 years, especially since I'm in such a transitional period of my life. Um, I can't even say who I'd be in one year. So I... All I can say on the matter is hopefully I will be successful in the path that I'm going down, at least to my own perception. If I'm not objectively successful, that's totally fine. But as long as I perceive myself as successful, then I've I've reached
1: my goal. I have been blessed to be able to interview some amazing people on this podcast. It was when I first started this podcast that I had no idea what it would become. I thought it was going to be a lot of my friends. And then I started just reaching out and just asking the question, hey, would you be on a podcast? And people started to say yes. And now I have people calling me. I, we had the, the Netflix show, The Principles of Pleasure, and we were able to talk to their executive producer and their star, and I would have never imagined that. I asked you to be on the podcast because I wanted to give an opportunity for somebody who felt like I did starting my podcast, not knowing where it could go, but knowing that you wanted to do something really extraordinary. Lucy, I have met you. I met you at Kinky College. I was totally amazed by your presence and your energy and your power and your kindness. And I hope that through this appearance on the podcast and through people knowing the name Lucy Cyrene, that they may go, this is a phenomenal person and I get that and hopefully they'll reach out to you and help you along the way because I'm cheering for you every single day I'm looking forward to getting back up to Chicago to see just how far you've progressed I'm looking forward to actually spending some face-to-face time where we can talk because this is, I believe the first time I've actually seen your entire face because you had a mask on the entire time when we were there. I want all the success for you. And I know that you're one of those people that will do the hard work to get there. And to have people like Petra Hunter, and I'm sure that some of my other past guests who listen to the show are gonna listen to the show and go, Yeah, I remember what it was like back then. Mm -hmm. I remember what it was like first starting out. And that's why it was so important for me to have you on this show today. I thank you for taking the time with me. And I wish you nothing but the best in the future.
2: That is such a beautiful sentiment. Thank you so much for giving me this platform and giving me this opportunity. I I have thought about this recording every single day leading up to it. This is such an incredible opportunity and whatever comes from it, if something small, something big or nothing comes from it, I'm still so honored to share the same platform as so many great uh, dominatrixes or sex workers or just people in the world of BDSM. I'm so grateful to share this platform with them.
1: I am so honored to know this young lady and am so pleased to call her friend. Lucy and I have had a lot of conversations together and I really think that this young lady has an amazing potential. When you see Lucy, and if you get the blessing to see her around Chicago or at a kink convention upcoming, you'll be entranced by her too. Next week on the show, we'll continue with our Chicago theme as we meet Mistress Mara Mayhem, a Chicago-based pro-dom who I met in the vending area at Kinky College and we struck up a conversation. And that conversation led to her appearance next Tuesday on the show. And we hope you'll join us until then. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember
0: consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at WhatWomenWantP1 on Twitter, what women want Podcast on Instagram, And for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky, done differently.